It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. All right, good evening, everybody. It is Tuesday night this time, a little bit of a delay from Sunday, uh, but we are here with you for episode 224 of the Ron and Brian podcast. I'm Ron, uh, seemingly joined uh, with Her Late Royal Highness, uh, Queen Elizabeth II. How are you this evening, Queen? Oh, Ron, I am quite dead. I am so dead. Oh, God save the queen. So uh, as some of you who listened last week know, Brian went on a uh, a good faith uh, trip to the United Kingdom uh, to try and repair relationships between the podcast and the UK. Um, And we'll talk about that later, um, later on in the show. And I will say, I will tell you, Ron, that Brian was nothing but a true gentleman in my country, and he represented America so well. I feel, why do I feel it's not even close to a British accent you have going right now? All right, it was, it was all right. I apologize. Yes, you've got your, you've got your Union Jack flag, you've got your Queen mask. It is so good to be back on American Soil, I'm going to tell you something. Um, I know uh, a week ago when we did episode 223, you know, you're you're not one to to really issue um, orders. You know, you you take the 5149 split in the podcast. You 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 take it very. How do I say this laxly? Um, you know, you don't really, you know, whip your 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 51 percent dick around too much. Not too you often. Know, you very much make it feel like this is a partnership of almost equals. But last week you said, Brian, the queen is on a health alert. Go out there. I want you to, you know, spread the word that the Ron and Brian universe will um, is supporting the British people. And um, I, uh, I I flew out there on uh, Thursday night um, and I got back uh, last night. So it was I was there for a solid um, uh, four days. It was um, uh, there were some there were there were highs, there were lows, um, there were tears of joy, tears of frustration. Um, and I got to see London. All right. Very nice. Well, we will we will get to your London trip shortly. I guess uh, let's uh, let's get things rolling here this evening, as we often do with Drink of the Week. Drink of the Week. Nazdrovia. <laughs> Drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the week. Brian, what are you drinking this week, my friend? Ron, we all understand that England has such a rich history when it comes to uh, uh, alcohol. When it comes to beer, per se, you know, it, it. a lot of people argue that England is where the beer was first created. Um, if there's, you know, when people think of, of, of jolly old England, they think of going down to the pub 
and, and having a, a proper pint. So I felt that it was the only thing that was appropriate this week was to um, bring, I mean, look at this beer. Does this not look like a proper, a proper, wow. a, you know, a, a I, properly I was, poured pint, if absolutely. you will? Absolutely. What you are looking at, Ron, is Coney Island Mermaid Pilsner straight from Coney Island Brewery in Coney Island, uh, Brooklyn. Um, I'm working my way down through this fridge here in my corporate housing. Um, they've got, I've got a couple beers left. I want it to work its way through. So I'm working on a can of that. May go for a second one. Uh, rumor has it that Ron is bringing in some heavy hitters. He's bringing in the Aaron Judge of beers. So I've got my Coney Island uh, Pilsner, and I also have a shot of tequila that I will be working on throughout this show. All right. Have a have a sip. I mean, again, everything from Coney Island is straight quality. We know this already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we don't even have to ask if you enjoy it or not. Oh, I definitely enjoy it. Yeah. Very good. Ron? Yes. What are you drinking? Uh, so, Brian, I dug deep into the beer fridge. As we mentioned last week, it is basic white boy fall. Uh, that requires some more pumpkin beers. This one from St. Arnold Brewery out of Houston, Texas. This is their Pumpkinator. It is an imperial pumpkin stout. Pumpkin. It clocks pumpkin. in at a 10.5% ABV. Oh, it's going to be a fun night. And Brian, you have often asked me, how long can a beer sit in a beer fridge and still sure. be good? We're going to find out. This Pumpkinator is from 2017. Uh, so from Celerain, it's probably, I would say, probably a higher alcohol content at this point. Uh, so let's take a sip and see. Hold on. T- while you're sipping, uh, please answer my question of, you're, you bought that beer five years ago? I did, yes. And it's been sitting in a bottle for five years? Yes. Now, can you cellar any type of beer or just does it have Not to be Not any type. type. Uh, typically, your your stouts, your, your heavier beers, you can typically cellar. Um the taste is good. It's definitely a higher alcohol content. Uh, carbonation seems to have gone a bit. Okay. But I will continue to drink it. Will you continue your cellaring of beers or no? <laughs> um, I didn't intentionally cellar this. So um, okay. you can cellar, but once you put them in the fridge, you do need to drink them after a certain period of time. So I can confirm uh, five years is too long to have a beer in a beer fridge. Well done. Well done, Ron. I'm, I'm just very glad that um, you seem to be alive. Yes, I mean, I'm a, the I'm last. A, I'm, I may have to. I may have to switch beers because this. This is actually this aftertaste is actually undrinkable. Well, good. Good thing for you is the fact that you are mere feet away from your beer fridge. You literally can call an audible at any moment. You can go and swap it out. I can, I, and I may. We may see. I may. I may hand you the keys to the show and just say I got to run to the beer fridge. Please don't hand me the keys. I mean, play a long video clip or whatnot. <laughs> I don't think that I could handle this show by myself. Understood. Well, let's get to Beef of the Week. Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week. Brian, what's bothering you this week? The London Marriott's wireless internet service. I had, a beef. That? I had a beef. My first beef this week, which I have decided is not my beef. My first beef was the 
um, economy class seating in a British Airways 737. I which, can imagine. Which I feel, and I don't want to speak out of turn, and I know some people may um, not appreciate this, um, but I felt that it was the equivalent of modern-day slavery. Um, it made me think of all the times um, the poor people in Libya who are being sold into slavery on a daily basis, um, their commute during that had to be very similar to my experience on a, I believe it was about a seven-hour flight um, from uh, JFK to Heathrow, um, literally in the middle of a four-seater. I had no room. As soon as, as the plane took off, the woman who was sitting in front of me immediately lowered her seat. Mm. So not only am I getting smushed this way and this way, but it got worse. But that is not my beef, people. Please do not think I'm here to complain about um, not having enough space while I was jet-setting across the Atlantic. No. My beef this week is with the Marriott um, uh, Systems wireless system. And I might have said the word system too many times right there. But uh, uh, on Sunday night at 1 a.m. London time, this poor man um, uh, got to wake up, um, you know, in the middle of, uh, you know, he had gone to sleep early because he sat there and said, I want to I want to go hard on the show uh, who had several beers lined up for the show um, logged into um uh, our recruit, our online recording studio, got to see Ron's beautiful face. I'm going to tell you something. Being so far away from home, you know, just to get a, a, a glimpse of of you know what was waiting for me when I returned. I mean, it was, uh, and then I realized that it wasn't his face that I was seeing. It was actually a frozen screen of Ron doing this. I, yeah, uh, and then I realized that the internet sucked. And uh, we tried to figure out a way uh, to record this show Sunday night. Just was not happening. Ron's internet, he checked. It was working fine. Clearly, it was on my end. Uh, I just wanted to apologize to everyone for the technical difficulties. It was um, unavoidable. But uh, this is, uh, you know, um, screw you, Marriott. Fair enough. I'm going to go you one one uh, one further, Brian. I my beef of the week is with the entire country of the United Kingdom. They were aware of your arrival and pending broadcast, so I blame the entire country of uh, Great Britain for your Wi-Fi issues. Thank and you. The fact and the fact that we could not uh, broadcast on Sunday night. I felt we should. I I, I felt you know I I had called ahead mm -hmm. and I told the people at Marriott that I needed a dedicated T1 line. I said, listen, this is Brian. I'm going to be checking in. I need a T1 for uh, the room. Um, obviously, you guys know what this is for. Um, if for some reason, they I mean, they must have been so nervous because the call got disconnected immediately. Um, but yes, that is my beef of the week. Ron, right. what's bothering you? Um, you know, my, my beef is uh, the continuing uh, home improvements going on in the house. Um, we are trying to get the other, you know, we're getting the floors done a few weeks sure. back. Sure. We were supposed to be getting the other 
half of the floor is done started yesterday so we cleaned out all the rooms that needed to be cleaned out on saturday on sunday we text the guy and uh we're like all right just confirming you're going to be here on monday he's like oh i was just about to reach out to you which is a lie we all always, know that's a lie always, yes. <laughs> he's like uh one of the guys his mom is you know very sick and uh doesn't know when he's going to be there again a legit reason but he's like yeah mom's been sick since last week all right well if you knew on friday that you might not be here on monday like don't so now they may be here tomorrow they may not be regardless uh everything is chaos here at the house because of these home improvements and uh and i can't wait for it to be done we've got painting going on we've got we've got brickwork going on it's there's there's contractors everywhere it's insane what type of masonry work are you having we had a uh, a portion of our fireplace mantle taken down. It's apparently that needed to happen. Got it. You know um, that wood piece that was on the top of the mantle? Oh, I've got a wood piece right now I'd like to show you, but I can't. <laughs> um, yes, I do know what you're talking about. Gone and the concrete behind it gone. Cause apparently, really? Again, what that, uh, someone did not want it there anymore. What? So someone was not a fan of the look, so uh, now it's gone, and apparently it's going to get painted, and the stairway. Uh, I thought that that part gave you gave that room, um, uh, you know, some uh, some history. Um, it made it look, uh, you know, uh, original. Well, the history is uh, out in the uh, in the trash right now. Where you're about to be, pretty much, pretty much. Look, look um, at Dom. Dom look, check out Dom S sticking up for, for the blue collar people, which is saying, listen, parents do get sick. Oh, yeah. You sitting there. Listen, I have no issue with the parents. <laughs> you sitting there in your, in your wealthy suburb complaining because, oh, my floors aren't ready. You know, it's, it's, you know, it it's really shows just, just how out of touch you are with the workers of America. All right, I understand. Well, then let's just move on since I'm such a disappointment to you. Brian, it is time for NFL Locks of the Week. Um, and I, 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 I have a intro bumper that Matt made for NFL Locks of the Week. He had promised it previously. I think having sure. it a couple extra days allowed him to really polish it. I did not get a chance to look at this, so I can't attest to how good or bad the intro to NFL Locks of the Week are. You can let me know. The fans, sure. the listeners can obviously uh, let me know. But here we go. NFL Locks of the Week. Actually, let me take the Drink Beef of the Week banner down. And we go with Locks of the Week. Locks. You know, it, it seems very similar to something else he's done, uh, but Matt's gotten lazy. <laughs> but I guess it, uh, I guess it gets the job done. Can we see uh, that one more time? <laughs> would you, would you like to see that one more time? I would like to see it one more. Locks. Locks. You know what I like on top of my bagels and cream cheese? <laughs> Locks. Locks. Um, speaking of getting the job done, Brian, that describes you with your locks of the week last week. Um, you were looking at uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. They were four and a half point underdogs to the Colts. You said, you know what, folks? Don't sleep on the 2022 Jags. You took them plus four and a half. They rolled. 
um, twenty four to nothing. Um, and then you had uh, you had the the Jets, who you normally bet against. They were five and a half point underdogs against Cleveland. You said, you know what, folks, don't sleep on the 2022 New York Jets. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, you took the Jets plus the point. Jets win outright also, sure. 31 to 30, keeping you perfect on the season. Uh, uh, again, kudos. Uh, you, can't, you can't do it much better than that. But, Ron, uh, I, I'm not saying that you can do it better, but you can do just as well as I did. You also went 2-0. and um, You saw that the Chiefs were favored by 3.5 points over the Chargers, and you sat there and said... Are we talking about the Los Angeles Chargers or the San Diego Chargers? Because this team is for real. Chiefs win, may win, but not by three and a half. Chiefs win 27-24. Your ability to just to find the, you know, the discrepancies between the line and what your gut is, um, and it just lands. Um, also, um, looking at uh, Denver Broncos laying 10 and a half against the uh, the Texans. You sat there. Um, I remember just a week ago you said, listen, the Denver Broncos are good, but John Elway cannot throw the passes that he used to. He's not that fast. Um, uh, Eli Manning is their quarterback, you know, maybe one day, but not anymore. You know, he needs to go back to the Colts. Broncos winning only by seven. Ron, you also went 2-0 this week. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, you know, uh, Al Pacino said in any given Sunday, uh, football is a game of inches. And that's, you know, in that uh, in that Chiefs game, that's really what it came down to. It's funny. I said that to my girlfriend once, that, it was, that, uh, that it's all just a game of inches. Uh, she didn't seem pleased. Well, you uh, just you work on it. You're a grower, not a shower. Well, that's the thing. I was working on it, and that was oh. the problem, was that mm. I was working on it. And I was working on it, and she sat there, and you know, she seemed a little disappointed. I said, "Listen, you know, it's 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 a game of inches." Um, and then she turned the TV on and watched an episode of Game of Thrones. Uh, Brian, yeah, who are your locks of the week for week three coming up? Ron, I feel great about my 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 picks for week three, ladies and gentlemen. Get your notepads out. You're going to want to write this down. Kansas City Chiefs favored by six over the Indianapolis Colts. Listen, the Chiefs have struggled two weeks in a row. I do not see them covering the line against Indianapolis. Take the points, Colts over the Chiefs. Then you got the Ravens minus two and a half over the Patriots. I'm going Baltimore. Um, Ray Lewis hasn't killed anybody lately, and I think that bodes well for Baltimore. Two and a half points over the Patriots. Ron. All right. Who do you have? Well, we have a classic matchup coming. Tampa Bay, Green Bay, <clears throat> Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady uh, favored by three against the Green Bay Packers at home. I'm taking Tampa Bay minus three. And then those L.A. Chargers looking to bounce back from that loss to the Chiefs. Uh, they are seven point favorites against those Jags coming off that big win. I like the Chargers minus seven at home against the Jags. All right. I think, uh, you know, I think this is a really exciting time for us. Um, You know, people have all, you know, people, you know, they're they're writing all week long saying that they look forward to us um, putting out our picks. It's uh, it's an exciting it's just an exciting thing to make people happy. Well, this is how this is how you make money. As always, bet with your head, not over it. 
Uh, sure. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, Brian, we have a lot of weird news this week, but if we can cover one serious story that uh, I, I, I came across on Twitter, um, the, apparently the New York Times did a article earlier this uh, week or last week talking about uh, members of Congress and their stock trades, uh, specifically those members of Congress that uh, there may be a conflict of interest based on committees that they work on. Uh, sure. So let me pull up. Again, I don't like doing a lot of work, so I pulled up this guy's uh, Twitter account, a uh, gentleman uh, by the name of, hold on, I'm blocking it by, with the banner there. Let's take a look real quick. Uh, at Chris J. Josephs. He also runs the Twitter account uh, Pelosi Watch, which I think checks I, the, the I stock follow trades. that. Yep, I follow that. So talks about um, the New York Times investigation finding that 81 Democrats, 101 Republicans filed up to 3,700 trades and $100 million in possible volume, uh, with many of them uh, having a 100% track record on their stocks. And he gives some examples. Um, out of these 182 politicians, more than 90 sat on committees that directly oversaw the companies that they traded, 49 Democrats, 44 Republicans, totals 18% of Congress. Let's dig into this. Uh, 25% of the uh, members of Congress sitting on the Energy and Natural Resources Committee have traded Exxon or Chevron. 33% of the Environmental Committee traded oil field services, and eight members of the Armed Services Committee traded defense slash aerospace stocks. Um, although Pelosi was not included in the report, he Shocking. started with her two years, 35-plus trades, dollar volumes of up to almost $66 million. Possible conflicting trades included Tesla and the infrastructure bill, Microsoft and a $10 billion Army contract, and NVIDIA and a $50 billion CHIPS Act. Um, moving on to Alan Lowenthal. He's a Democrat from California. He sits on the Transportation Committee. Uh, his wife made uh, some very well-timed trades on Boeing. On March 5th of 2020, she sold uh, about 30,000 shares of Boeing. One day later, uh, his committee releases damaging information on the 737 jet. Stock went on to drop 35% the following week. Just a coincidence, I'm sure, Brian. Fuck, this is criminal. This is um, absolutely fucking criminal. Staying with Alan Lowenthal, he sits on the Natural Resources Committee. Uh, his wife played a couple of rallies on a stock called Sunrun. In November 2019, she bought $30,000 worth at $14.50. Uh, in February, sold it at a $21 stock price. Uh, a month later, it drops to $9.00. She buys back in and sells up to 78 times as the stock ran up to $80, netting a 780% return on that one stock. Uh, John Rose sits on the Financial Services Committee. Um, he, he sold shares of Wells Fargo a few months before that same committee issued a critical report on Wells Fargo. Um, he sold in November at a high of 54. Three months later, the report gets published. Uh, Wells Fargo stock tanks a week later to $37. 
uh, Mike Kelly of uh, Pennsylvania. His wife bought $50,000 of Cleveland Cliffs just one day after being briefed that the, com- the Commerce Department um, launched an investigation that would actually benefit the company. She bought at $4.70. She sold at $18.11, a 300% gain. Um, shockingly, that was the only individual stock trade she made that entire year. Jesus Christ. Um, Richard Burr, Republican from North Carolina, sits as the head intelligence committee uh, on February 13th of 2020. He and his family liquidated their entire portfolio and went into treasury bonds. Uh, A month later, the S&P 500 had its fastest 30% decline in history. Um, that, That liquidation saved him $300,000 or more in possible losses. Um, and then you've got additional ones here. You've got Bob Gibbs uh, trading Abvi while his committee investigated them. Roy Blunt traded Philip Morris while serving on a subcommittee overseeing public safety. Judy Chu traded Apollo Medical Holdings while serving on a subcommittee overseeing Medicare. Boss Brian. I'm going to be honest with you. This is so upsetting um, that when this story came out, I intentionally did not look into it because I knew it would upset me. Because these are the people that are um, being elected by the American people, obviously in their different districts or states, whatnot, to, um, uh, uh, to, to do the best for the country, to represent the people. And clearly... They're using their positions of power to um, to pad their pockets with information that is not known by the general public, basically taking money away from the people, the very people that put them in power Um, and that the only people that can do something to make this behavior illegal are the very ones that are currently doing it. There's zero incentive for them to um, uh, to pass a law that says that this needs to be stopped. Now, this is fucking offensive. It is. No, no, no. Billy's comment right here <laughs> is fucking offensive. Did any of these elected officials make money on LTNC? They could have because I try, I, I'm down about $2,800 on labor smart stock. And I blame you, Ron. As you should. I have to take, uh, I have to take, uh, take the blame for that. Well, maybe this will cheer you up, Brian. I mean, that's, it's just so upsetting to me. I mean, it's, it's just so upsetting. Well, will will dildos and lube cheer you up, Brian? Dildos and lube will cheer me up. Yes, Ron. All right. So uh, coming out of uh, Oklahoma City, um, a a news report there went viral after uh, a semi-trailer truck filled with uh, what many believe was lubricant and dildos flipped over on an Oklahoma City highway. Uh, This was on I-40 near Mustang on the western fringes of Oklahoma. Um, uh, KWTV News 9 helicopter uh, was quickly over the scene um, and the uh, reporters were heard trying to figure out what the uh, what the products were. They couldn't really make them out. However, some real eagle eyed viewers in the audience uh, could see that the boxes uh, read fake phallus on the side um, and other containers apparently uh, looking to be loop. And where did this happen again? Uh, Oklahoma, near Oklahoma City. Okay, now this is the thing. Had this happened in the Northeast, say in a major uh, metropolitan area like 
Philadelphia or maybe New York, it would only be a matter of minutes before somebody stumbled upon this accident scene, opened up a box of the fake phalluses, realized they were surrounded by an industrial size amount of lube, literally, and would have started penetrating bodily orifices with those um, phalluses. However, because this took place in Oklahoma, where people are, dare I say, a little bit more conservative in what they're willing to do on the street while being tracked by a news helicopter, um, nobody, I'm sure, uh, violated their body with the fake phalluses. Well, that's why they refer to us as coastal elites, Brian. We are coastal elites. It's, and, and, and it is one of the reasons why, um, you know, it's, it's, it's we're more comfortable in, in speaking up and letting the world know that we are not, uh, you know, plain Jane vanilla sexual uh, uh, creatures. You know, people in Oklahoma, dumb, dumb. You know, people in Oklahoma, you know, they, um, you know, they have sex with, in missionary with their socks on. <laughs> you know, they're the ones who like to, to take their penis out of the pee hole in their boxers and, they, and, and while, while having missionary sex with their wife. All right. Well, jumping from Oklahoma over to Arkansas, Brian. Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas. We rarely have uh, stories from Arkansas, but this week we do where uh, Doug Ramsey. Uh, the- Doug Ramsey. I'm going to tell you something. The name Doug Ramsey sounds like such an incredible Porn name, like <laughs> coming up. Well, he's uh, he as it turns out, horny hot wives number seven, starring Doug Ramsey. As it turns out, he's a biter, Brian. Uh, he is the COO of Beyond Meat, and he was arrested um, this weekend uh, at a parking garage in Fayetteville after uh, Arkansas's victory uh, over Missouri State near Razorback Stadium. Uh, apparently, um, apparently, a car kind of cut him off a little bit, although people were trying to inch out of a parking garage. He, uh, he apparently got upset with that. Um, allegedly punched through the back window, uh, back windshield of the car in question, uh, got in a fight with the driver, and then uh, bit off uh, a part of the driver's nose. Wow. Um, that's pretty... That, that's... I mean, I, if you're going to bite a body part of somebody, why would you go for the nose? I feel like cheek is the way to go. I mean, I think it was a case of, you know, he's, he's, he's CEO of Beyond Meat. He is tired of eating plant substitutes, and he got close to, uh, close to a meat product, and he couldn't help himself. Well, do you think he actually eats the Beyond Meat, or do you think that he just, you know, sells it to hippie vegans all across the country? I mean, you would, you would hope that he would, he would live his... His truth. No, if he's leading a vegan life, he does not have the that that muscle definition. Like, what is that muscle that's right here that literally looks like he has no shoulders? The like, neck? It's no, no. He's you got the neck. The trapezoid. But then he's got this triangular like like formation of muscles coming out. Um, I, I I feel like in-house uh, muscle experts um, uh, Janelle and Dom should be chiming in with how on earth does somebody get like. Like my shoulders, like my neck there comes down. I told down, you it was the trapezoids. Janelle confirms got, it's the traps. So how do you work on that muscle to get that that really that angle? Like I like to me, like if you look at his 
his right shoulder would would be our left. That looks like um, that the Alpine incline from that Price is Right game with the little yodeling man that would go up while yodeling while people waited for the. I think you. Uh, I think you bite noses to work that muscle. Is that what it is? I mean, he also looks like he was there at January 6th at the Capitol. I mean, <laughs> well, let's is, also be honest. Much like uh, the folks on January 6th, he is facing charges now. He's facing third-degree battery charges, and he's also uh, facing some charges of terroristic threatening uh, because he did threaten to kill the people that were in the car. Um, he has also since uh, been suspended from his job at Beyond Meat. I, I thought he was the COO. How do you, or the CEO? How do you suspend the CEO? Uh, he's the COO. Uh, oh. But yeah, he, so he's suspended. Wow. So he's like the chief oral op, like officer. Chief operating officer. Um, now, I have a question, Ron. Yes. In any of the pro formas that you do <laughs> for work, do you ever um, uh, uh, put in there, you know, one of your. Um, uh, scenarios that your COO bites somebody's uh, nose off. You know that's that's not something uh, you normally factor in. I'm not gonna no. lie. I'm very surprised. Yeah, very surprised because I, I figured that that would be a, a, a common uh, a common <laughs> issue that you would have. Uh, Brian, what else we got this week here? Ron, where do we start? First off, um, I'd like to ask, like, what are you watching? Uh, what am I watching? Well, uh, so. Uh, I am continuing for some reason to watch uh, She-Hulk, and um, I agree with you. It's it's horrible. Um, it just really is. I, I'm I'm trying to figure out. I guess they're trying to go with like a sitcom style show, uh, but yeah, it's 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 just bad. I, I'm just not enjoying it anymore. Um, I watched uh, Devil in Ohio, a new limited series on Netflix um, about uh, a woman, a girl that escapes from a, from a cult. Um, eh, it was it was meh. It turned into like a young adult show, like a after school special type thing. Not not very scary at all. Okay. Um, and oh, I watched the new docu series on Netflix, uh, Sins of the Mother. I saw that. Uh, I, I I didn't watch it, but I saw the preview for it. So uh, nice. Only three episodes, so they they didn't feel the need to stretch it out. To six. Um, as it's about Lori Vero and uh, her children who had disappeared after she married a guy who was, was in, in some like cult, a doomsday right? cult. Yeah. Um, and as as messed up as the story seemed, if you followed it in the news when they dig further into her private life and other deaths that surrounded her. Um, crazy story. Just like absolutely what? crazy story. You can ruin well, it for me. So, I mean, so not only, you know, not I mean, only... Under, do, I'll tell you what my understanding is, right. and you tell me, like, how like how, um, how much more there is. My understanding is that she is a, um, a divorced woman, has two young-ish children, not too young, but like a 12 and a nine year old kind of deal. Um, she gets together with a guy who's in some kind of doomsday cult and the two kids go missing. Right. Um, the uh, grandparents uh, try to uh, uh, contact her because they want to make sure the kids are all right. Um, she avoids all the police. Um, the police finally catch up with her and say, where are your children? And she refuses to um, she refuses to cooperate and then suddenly it becomes a, a criminal matter 
because they uh, uh, she cannot attest to the welfare of the children. And then they eventually find the bodies of the children. Correct. But I mean, she was out there vacationing. Like, it wasn't like she was, you know, helping the police look for her missing children. Right. So the, the kids were 17 and 7. Um, this was actually, so this was her fifth husband, the one that she married for the Doomsday Cult. So you, fifth? You, fifth. Um, her fourth husband is shot and killed by her brother in what they tried to make seem like a self-defense type situation. Um, right. The guy that she married, the, the husband number five, his wife uh, dies unexpectedly. Like, and, 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 but again, this, you know, the, the police had numerous opportunities to get involved in the situation. Right. And because she was like this former beauty queen, she had a way of talking to people. Like, her, her, her fourth husband, the one who ends up getting shot and killed, had a, uh, a temporary psychiatric hold order that he was trying to serve on her so that she would have to spend, you know, 24 to 72 yeah. hours to get, you know, analyzed and see. Sure. And there is literally body cam footage of her being interviewed at the police station by the police explaining to her how to get around this psychiatric hold like they basically they basically said to her they're like he's like well yeah you know we have to serve the hold on you he's like but we can't break down the door and get you he's like so when we show up at your house tomorrow and knock on your door just don't answer and that's there's nothing else we can do you know it's uh it's amazing how there are there is privilege out there in the world right where you can have police officers that will uh, you know side with you and, you know, uh, give you a heads up about, you know, different options in terms of behavior that you have. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 frustrating in that way. It's just again, it's it, it shows you how deeply people can get indoctrinated into mm -hmm. religion. And that's not always a great thing. And sure. These two kids and to hear them be like, you know, what would happen is, is anyone who didn't agree with her or didn't, you know, support her, you know, they all of a sudden got, you know, they, they got infected by demons and they became oh, zombies. Of course. So, yes, so yes. once you became a zombie, you had to be killed uh, because that was how oh. you got your soul released and you could go to heaven. Um, and so, yeah, so they, they found these kids dead and their bodies burned up uh, in a burn pit um, in, the, in the fifth husband's backyard. So sad. So they are, uh, they are both going to face trial in 2023 for this. Okay. So what you're saying is there's not really a rush to judgment in this case. <laughs> well, she, not surprisingly, she was initially not found competent to be taken to trial. So she had to go to a psychiatric hospital to get to the point where oh. she was able to understand what was going on. Right. And if you... If you listen to like so the the older son still would talk to her on the phone and and to hear the the level of delusion in her voice even after really? she's killed these kids even after she's been arrested she's just like well you just don't understand what's going on you just you're against me and you know you've got a demon in you and right just off the wall stuff so sins of our mother I would recommend it got it okay I will put that on my list um I finished Cobra Kai season five. Oh, and what did you think? I powered through it. Um, what do I think of? Uh, 
it, this was the season that broke me. This okay. was the season that put me in a position where I realized I don't care about any of the characters. I don't care about how this story plays out. And yet I watched all 10 episodes, of it, <laughs> which I believe is what you would, you know, medical professionals would term um, uh, psychosis. Because each episode I sat there at multiple times and groaned about how I cannot believe that I am a 50-year-old male <laughs> watching a show that is, uh, it is basically the 90210 of, of, of the current times. That's, a, that's, a, that's a good comparison. And it's about high school kids <laughs> co- dividing into two different dojos and karate fighting with each other, but it's it, it's and and they all have and the writing on it is so fucking cheesy, it's so bad. And yet there I was after every episode, being like, move on to next episode, delete and play next episode. <laughs> and I kept watching each one's like thirty eight minutes, so it's not even like it was like a fast. I mean. And I was just like, well, at least it's not an hour. You know, it's not a 10-hour show. I'm only committing five hours of my life to it. But it was just, it was, I I, I really would love to go back in time and unwatch all five seasons just for the simple fact of not having to watch these um, uh, 10 episodes. And I'll tell you something, when season six comes out, uh, I'm going to watch it because I've invested already five seasons into it. Right. May as well see how they... How they fill? How they finally fill the the rest of the tale? Oh, and you know, I feel the same way. So I watched the first episode of the new season of The Handmaid's Tale. Oh yeah, um, I, and it's you know, it's it's one of those shows. It's just so amazingly dark, and but I'm so, I'm so like vested in it. And they right. did this. They did the smart thing where they came out already and said this is going to be a great season but wait till next season which is going to be our final season so now Now, it's like well shit now i gotta watch this season so i can be up and ready to watch the final season now is this the season that takes place in west virginia in 2022 i don't believe so but again i'm only one episode in i'm not 100 percent certain got it Got it. Um, so yeah, so Handmaid's Tale. Oh, and of course, uh, The Patient on Hulu. Uh, still good. Four episodes in. Uh, what are you? Um, uh, what are your thoughts so far on uh, uh, House of Dragons? Uh, still enjoying it. I'm actually I'm caught up all the way. I watched uh, Sunday's episode. Um, I've not watched it, so hold off on the spoilers. The last I watched was uh, uh, Princess Renarius making out with her uncle. So what's what's interesting is there is there is a a group of videos now on TikTok where they're like, oh, Game of Thrones spoiled House of the Dragon, and they're 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 showing scenes from Game of Thrones sure. that told stories that are now being told, but it's like, well, it's not really a spoiler because it was a series of fucking books, so it's like, but that the story's you, already out there. No, but see, that shows you just how. Um, illiterate we are as a culture that the concept of reading these books is so out of the potential for uh, uh, the majority of society they wouldn't even think of reading these books that they do think that it's a spoiler jumping back real quick though great comment from Allie Uh, now 2-0 would have been better if Kelly and Brenda knew karate if Kelly and Brenda karate fought each other 
I would have watched more 90210. Could they have karate fought each other naked? Because I mean, it was Fox, so I mean, they kind of pushed the envelope a bit, so it's very possible. Could they have set up a? Um, could they set up the peach pit um, with uh, boxes of fake phalluses and <laughs> a lar- and, 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 and hundreds of bottles of um, of lube? I think it was. Uh, I think it was too soon. Too soon. 1990s. I think it was too soon for for the world to really handle that kind of entertainment. That's true. That's true. I was still renting my porn in uh, at video stores in 1990. There you go, Brian. How do you like to cook your chicken? Oh, how do I like to cook my chicken? I mean, it depends what you're talking. Are we talking about um, braised thighs? I like to put in the oven 375 for about 20 minutes. Um, are we talking chicken chicken breasts? Well, chicken breasts. What I like to do is butterfly them, put them in a little egg wash, dip them into some Italian breadcrumbs, and then um, into a uh, 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 cooking oil at 325 degrees until um, uh, they get to an inner, uh, an inner temperature of about 160. Okay. Um, do, you, do you ever cook them in NyQuil, Brian? NyQuil? Yeah, NyQuil, the, uh, the cold and flu uh, medicine. Uh, apparently, that has been a thing on social media, on TikTok and whatnot. Uh, people covering chicken in NyQuil and then cooking it. Um, the US FDA came out this week, uh, not surprisingly, saying this is an incredibly bad idea because uh, when you boil a medication, uh, it can make it much more concentrated, it can change its properties in other ways. Uh, in fact, even inhaling the medication's vapors while cooking could cause high level of the drugs uh, to enter your body. It could damage your lungs. Um, but I feel if you're cooking your chicken in NyQuil, you deserve whatever happens to you. 100%. If you are looking online on social media and seeing some type of challenge and deciding to run out and do that yourself... I'm going to say you deserve the consequences of whatever goes wrong from that challenge. I would agree with you. Like we talked about it earlier, Ron. Uh, you know, I believe it was in episode 192 when you were regaling us with your stories of the um, uh, of the hot chip challenge that you did. Um, I believe that was a Carolina Reaper chip. Something like that. I don't and, recall exactly. And I remember you, you were telling us, you were saying how, uh, you know, it wasn't as spicy as you were expecting, but you also said that your um, ALS um, ice bucket challenge did not go according to plan. I never, I never did the ice bucket challenge. You know, the, one of the things about improv, Ron, is you never say no. Oh, my apologies. You say, yes, the ice bucket challenge say did not it, go at no, all as I yes, expected. Yes, and <laughs> and then you you tell your own story on top of it. So uh, you know, I did the uh, the the ice bucket challenge uh, uh, on an early episode of this podcast. Unfortunately, though, poured the water all over the keyboard, um, shorting out the computer, and that's why that episode has never aired. Which is probably for the best, because I, I yeah, think I that so. was also the episode when you accidentally uh, used the Nazi salute repeatedly throughout the, the hour. 
that's the thing. It was the fact that I, I was having a um, an allergic reaction to some new deodorant. Right. So whenever I would put my arm down, it would it would you know the heat would would start heat you know the would start heating up the deodorant. So the only way to cool off the un, my my um, my underarm whoa, was to whoa, do was whoa. to do. The, you're not a, you're not at a Trump rally. Don't be uh, right? don't be throwing. You're not at a Trump rally. Don't throw right, your arm sir. up like that. But that was the thing. I mean, I had my hand up in the air to just air out the underarm. I had no idea that I was doing the Nazi salute. I mean, it, it certainly was not, um, you know, anything that I was uh, uh, trying to do. So, Brian, let's talk about it. We're 50, about 50 minutes in. Let's talk about your trip to London. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk Should about... Should I pull up some of these uh, photos that you have from your time in London? Sure. Let's look at some photos. I, right. I don't even remember what I set aside. Um, all right. So this is the inside. Now, I'm going to say this right off the bat. Um, I was blown away with how clean that city is. Well, first, let's say if you are listening to the podcast and not watching it on YouTube, we apologize. But you'll just have to use your imagination. You'll need to go to YouTube. You'll need to go to YouTube and look at the video of this. So what you're looking at is the inside of an empty subway car. Um, This is what we call the tube. (laughs) That you would catch in the underground. This is not a subway car, people. This is the tube. The tube. Um, now, what you're looking at, I mean, the thing that I find so incredible is that these are padded seats. I was going to say, are those cushioned seats that, like, fold up? <laughs> no, they don't fold up. These are legitimate cushion seats that people sit on. Hmm. Now, I commented to somebody in the office today that if those seats existed on the New York City subway system... It would be within one hour that somebody <laughs> would notice that this was an absorbent material and they would just sit there and say, hey, I'm going to take a leak on these seats <laughs> and just walk up and down the seat with their genitals exposed, urinating on the seats. All right. So just to give you an idea, this is what the inside of a subway car looks like. Very nice. Oh, Her Majesty the Queen, a little... Uh... <coughs> Now, where was this uh, plaque? Was, this was inside the, the um, Cannery Wharf Mall, um, which is a very nice mall. I, say, I spent um, quite a bit of time walking through it. What I was taken uh, aback was literally almost every store had some type of um, placard up or a sign or you know a, a photo, just remembrance of the queen. Um, you know, and, and, and all the kind words that people had about her. Uh, one of the things that I found amazing was how little um, how little uh, uh, negative uh, uh, messaging there was going on there. Okay. You know, in America, we have a president, and no matter what that president does, there's about 45% of the uh, residents of the country who are absolutely um, ripping that man apart. Or, or woman. One day we are going to have a woman president. I'm right. looking for it. I hope it happens while I'm alive. But here was just a, uh, you know, there was absolutely nothing neg- being um, said about her negatively. All right. Uh, Big Ben? Big Ben. Um, on Sunday, the day before the Queen's funeral, my better half and I took the, um, the clipper, as I like to call it, which is actually just a boat. Um, down the Thames River um, from uh, where we were staying. We took it down to 
I don't know what that section is called, I guess Westminster maybe, um, where really all of the um, historical um, buildings are. Okay. Um, and, and that is Big Ben. You can guide, you can kind of get a sense. Look at that. Brian, Beautiful. look at that. The Beautiful. Ron and Brian podcast sticker right there in London, Big Ben in the background. A phone booth. There you go. People thought they didn't exist anymore. But yes, <laughs> they do. That's a phone booth, people. A horse. Now, there's a sign that says, do not touch the horses because they will bite or kick. And this fucking idiot in his shit-stained sweatpants walked right up to it. Must have been an American. Well, look at the shape of his skull. I mean, clearly oh, there's, there's something going on there. Way too small for the body. Um, and he just went right up to it. Now, this is kind of giving you an idea of what the crowd was like. This is the day before the funeral. These are people already lined up 24 hours in advance along the uh, route that the uh, uh, coffin was going to take. Okay. I'm going to say this. I have never seen so many people in the streets all at the same time. I mean, I, I've, I've been to the New York City Thanksgiving Day Parade. Not like this. Um, I've been to um, uh, I've been to uh, the 9/11 Ground Zero after it happened. Nowhere near this. But I mean, people, you know, were a little afraid of the uh, cancer-causing agents that were in the air back at right. Ground Zero. But um, just the throngs of people that were walking the streets um, was just simply uh, a sight to be seen. Ah, uh, Westminster Abbey. Look at the um, one of the things I was taken aback by was the um, level of detail in the architecture. I mean, there is not one wasted space of detail here. You know, everything was being used. Um, I asked if I could be let in. They were going to be having the funeral service um, the following day, so I thought it'd be cool if I could go in, um, get a you know quick uh, glimpse, maybe sit in some of the seats. Um, oddly, I was told no, despite showing them my press badge for... Um, the Ron and Brian podcast. They would not let me in. Disrespectful. Very Just disrespectful. Very. More uh, Big Ben. Here's another uh, shot. You can um, you can see the uh, Ministry of Defense in the back left. You can see some of the cl the f uh, flags of different uh, countries in the Commonwealth. Um, but you can just see people are already lined up. This is more than 24 hours in advance. But, you know, just it was such a wonderful time. Look at this. Welcome to Westminster Abbey. Why Brian loves taking photos, <laughs> of fucking signs. I don't know. I guess because it helps him remember years later where he was. But he you put up a fucking sign on the wall and Brian's taking Brian's a photo of it. Brian's going to take a picture of it. Damn right he's going to. There we go. This is Parliament. The white tent was the area that people were entering as they approached the um, the casket. So this is after people had waited on a uh, on a 30 hour line uh, to go see the queen. And, um, you know, so I tried to cut in the line right here, um, handed out some podcast stickers. Uh, oddly, people did not want to take them. Wow. Um, I thought that that was going to be my uh, uh, my introduction to uh, sliding in. No, uh, I was I, I, I was not allowed to, to, to cut the line. 
once again, just look at that architecture. Um, absolutely stunning. Here's a photo of then Prince Charles, now King Charles III, looking very nervous as he's pouring a pint. Also, this photo is in quite a few pubs in London, it was pointed out to me. What, that, what is my, that is what they consider a traditional roast meal. It's either roast beef or roast pork. You can see the crackling skin. Yes. You see some, uh, that is Yorkshire pudding all the way on the right. Not a pudding, by the way. <laughs> Lord, you know, you talk about surprises. Um, and I knew that, you know, traveling intercontinental, I was going to be surprised by some things. But Yorkshire pudding is actually just a piece of bread. Wow. Um, I thought it was going to be some type of pudding that I could dip my pork into. And yes, you know, I know I, I like to, uh, you know, eat kosher. But when I figure I'm out of the country, no. Rules don't matter. Rules don't matter. I'm, I'm going to have some pork. Very tasty. Yorkshire pudding is bread. No sign. And then obviously, just another example. Literally every store had some type of sign out there. And then there were even stores that were selling cheap uh, Chinese-made uh, British flags. And even what I felt was very distasteful, um, fake uh, uh, masks of the Queen. Here I am on the uh, top level of a double-decker bus. That's right. I took a double-decker bus. They allowed it. Nice. Nice. And there's just people walking through um, Hyde Park. Um, it was uh, going to be one of the uh, key areas where the body was going to be. People you could just see just a long line of people walking through really aimlessly. Um, just, you know, just a, a country grieving. And that is as close to Buckingham Palace as you can get. Going to get closer, huh? Oh, no, that is all blocked off from this point forward. You can see everybody's got their camera out um, and also... Um, you like to know, uh, Brian also had his fucking camera out like every other dirty tourist. And this building is? We don't know, but they had some <laughs> black bunting up. So I sat there and was like, you know what? It's got to be something important. And I took a photo of it. And a pizza hut with a line. Fucking trash. The English <laughs> are garbage. They're fucking garbage. Because there was a fucking pizza hut. Now, to me, pizza hut is, is scornful. You walk right by this. They're in queue. They're waiting in a queue. Or as I like to say, a line. Just to get Pizza Hut. Literally, pre-made, pre-frozen garbage pizza. All right. Well, so that uh, that wraps up your photo essay on uh, on London. Well, thank yes. you for, uh, for sharing your... Uh, for sharing yeah, Ron, your trip with us. Ron, I would appreciate if you do something similar for your trip up to State College later this week. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I've never been to the Penn State uh, campus. I would like to see, you know, the, their football stadium is considered um, iconic. Okay. Um, I would love to see some photos of the hotel that your company is going to be uh, purchasing. And more importantly, I would like to see the um, uh, locker room, bathroom, or shower where uh, assistant coach Jerry Sandusky raped players in their buttholes while Joe Paterno looked the other way and said nothing. 
Let's talk more about my pillow CEO, Mike Lindell, uh, who had his uh, phone seized from him while he was in a Hardee's drive-through in Minnesota, apparently uh, as part of the Justice Department's investigation into 2020 election interference. The real shocker here, um, the real <laughs> Who, who goes to Hardee's? <laughs> well, apparently, uh, I mean, you look at Mike Lindell and you say, here's a guy that eats Hardee's. Here's a guy that after a fishing uh, trip uh, in Mankato, uh, he's going he's gonna to go grab himself uh, a, a substandard burger from Hardee's with a friend. And the FBI is going to surround him and take his phone from him. You've got, you've got Burger King. You've got McDonald's. You have Wendy's. Um, you have Shake Shack. You have in and out depending on where you are in the country. Um, uh, what what other uh, you have, what other options am I forgetting here? Uh, you've got Whataburger. Uh, you've got Five Guys. Whataburger. <laughs> you've got Wahlburgers. Yeah. Wahlburgers. <laughs> and this guy of all the places to go decides he's going to go to fucking Hardee's. I don't even know what they sell there. Um, well, they do sell burgers, Brian, and it's a shame that you feel that way because we're announcing Hardee's as this week's sponsor of the week. Oh, uh, when no. you go to Hardee's, get 15% off of your order using promo code Brian's Steamy Meat. That's once I again love Brian's Steamy Meat at Hardee's.com. Oh, I screwed that up. You know me. I'm a big fan of Hardee's. What I don't get is, is there any difference between Hardee's and Jack in the Box? I believe like, I always thought that Jack in the Box is one half of the country and Hardee's had the other. It was the same. It's the um, same company, though, right? It's the same company. It's the same thing. Isn't um, uh, Hellman's mayonnaise called something on the on the other side of the Colorado mountains? Uh, I the don't Rockies? know. I don't know. I will have to look into that. I, I, I I'm pretty sure. Um, I mean, I, I'm not going to doubt you. Yeah, so uh, Billy is confirming Hardee's and Carl's Jr. That's what it is, not Jack in the Box. Hardee's and Carl's Jr. Well, you know what I think it was? I think that it was after the um, uh, original Rocky movie came out. Um, You know, uh, there was there was just this this real, you know, um, effort amongst uh, fast food chains to really, you know, play off the popularity of the different actors that were in it. Um, I remember um, uh, Rocky uh, came out with his brand of um, uh, Rocky Mountain oysters. Right. Um, And then I remember uh, Carl Weathers. He sat there and said, I'm going to invest in a uh, burger chain. So uh, I can't really afford a national chain. So I'm going to reach out to the kind people over at Hardee's and see if they can give me half the country. And I'll just slap the name Juniors on it. There you go. Um, one of the stories we have here. Oh, this one was, was I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about this story. It's kind of shocking. Hellman's is best foods on the West Coast. Billy, I, I full of information a, yeah. tonight. Full of information. So a woman uh, whose DNA from a rape kit was used by cops to arrest her for an unrelated burglary has filed a federal lawsuit against San Francisco alleging that the police invaded her privacy. 
Ugh, that's, I mean, that's just terrible. So this was, so back in 2016, the, D, the DNA uh, of this woman, known as Jane Doe in the court mm-hmm. filing, uh, it was stored by the San Francisco Police Department as part of a domestic violence and sexual assault case. Again, back in 2016, the same sample was used to charge her with retail theft five years later. Yeah, I really sit, that's got, that's got to just... I think that's a very bad way of, um, of 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 collecting evidence. Right. Well, I guess the question is, if you provide your DNA to the police, mm-hmm. how are they? How how can you how can you then define how they're then able to use that DNA? Well, I think that if you're the victim of a rape case where where you're giving DNA, so this way they can try to. Um, they can try to narrow down what DNA you have inside of you that does not belong to you um, to figure out who your rapist is. I really think it just sits very poorly with me that they're going to turn around and say, oh, by the way, we're right. going to be comparing future uh, uh, criminal samples to this DNA. That just sounds very, I mean, they're, I mean, you, you hear the complaints about police, about police departments not um, analyzing rape kits. Uh, because there's a backlog, <laughs> right? Um, but somehow these guys are, are doing such a great job that they're um, uh, entering it into databases. Well, and there is precedence for not using it. There is a federal law that prohibits uh, the inclusion of victims' DNA in uh, in CODIS, the National DNA Index System. And also, last month, California lawmakers approved a bill that would forbid DNA collected from sexual assault victims uh, for anything other than identifying the perpetrator. So you would think between the federal law and the yeah. law passed in California, you would think um, her lawsuit would probably... Um, I, I feel this is a lawsuit that's going to get settled out of court. I um, that's actually uh, I could see that happen. And Brian, you wanted to give your take on the uh, the migrants that uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis uh, seems to be flying all over the place. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, do you want to tell a little bit of the story? So um, last week, I think it was, a, a plane load of uh, migrants were flown. And this is what I don't get. They're being flown, even though DeSantis is involved in Florida, I think they're being flown from Texas. They're being flown from Texas uh, to Martha's Vineyard. And now I saw in the news earlier that there is another plane um which they're not sure if, if, if Abbott arranged it, if DeSantis arranged it, but Delaware is now expecting a plane of migrants to land as well. Now, the thing that is, is getting a lot of pushback with the, uh, the, the migrants that were flown to uh, Martha's Vineyard is a number of them are claiming that they were misled. They were told that they were being flown up there uh, with promises of housing, with promises of employment, with promises okay. of education for their children. Um, and now, you know, obviously they're getting up there and the community is, is taking care of them. Um, and now Delaware is also preparing for uh, a plane load of these of these migrants as well. This is the part that really irks me um, <clears throat> is uh, what really irks me is this, is that I you're literally sitting there and lying to these migrants, telling them that if they follow you and get on this plane, they're going to be taken to a place 
where their future is going to be um, far improved. And, and then when they get to this place, they realize that what they're being used for is a publicity stunt to basically show other parts of the country what it's like to have illegal immigrants living in your town. <clears throat> and you're saying that's the, so are you for or against it? Oh, hold on. You know me, Ron. <laughs> I like to look at all sides. Of I know. That's why, that's why I tee it up for you. And at the same time, I'm going to say this. Do I think that it makes sense, or not sense, but does it seem fair that you've got these, um, you, you've got these, these Americans who are living in northern states where they are not being um, exposed to um, the effect of illegal immigration, Places like Delaware, for instance, places like Martha's Vineyard, um, where, um, you know, they're, they're not dealing with, you know, the issues that happens when you are part of, you know, this influx of uh, residents who um, suddenly show up one day and said, oh, you know what, let me um, uh, let me, you know, uh, live here now and you need to um, help me get my feet on, you know, on the ground with the uh, with the effects of, uh, you know, uh, a, a social support network. So I understand the the frustrations of people in the South, uh, the Floridas, the Texas, uh, you know, where they are dealing with, you know, these um, uh, immigrants that are showing up. Um, I, I, I can see the strains on the social uh, fabric in terms of, um, you know, housing, uh, food, medical care, education, um, that people in Martha's Vineyard sit, sit there and, you know, it's very easy for them to um, <clears throat> cast aspersions on how these things are, on how these issues are handled, so long as they are being handled thousands of miles away. Well, and isn't it very on brand for red states? I mean, we, we've talked about before how red states have their hands out for federal funds and take significantly more than they take, and blue sure. states typically put more money in. I mean, it's, it's just an extension of that. It is, it but, is red states unable to handle their business and pawning it off on states that are better equipped to handle things. Like, Texas can't even provide a working power grid for its sure. citizens. But don't you think that there is something hypocritical about a northern state or another northern eastern state, however, who is sitting there saying, oh, yeah, you know, like, we'll pay a little bit more taxes, but we don't want to actually have to deal with the immigration problem. Right. We're going to let you we'll, we'll let you take some of our tax money, but you have to deal with, you know, having a town that's it's where the population is literally, um, you know, doubling year over year simply because of the influx of immigrants. But to your point, if that's the case, and I and I agree you have a point there, if that's the case, then, you know, do it in a way where you're not using the people as pawns. Like, reach out to these Agreed. states oh, and no, say, no, listen. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And this is the other thing, and, and, and Ali again points out a, a, a great point. Like, the money that's being spent for flying the, these immigrants um, you know, it's literally coming up to between five and ten thousand dollars to fly a migrant from Texas to, to Martha's Vineyard. And uh, now, no, no, no. stop, stop. How does it cost that? It cost me a couple hundred bucks to fly to. Uh, so that that how is that, it costing five thousand dollars? That first pl- that first plane 
for whatever reason, the charter plane, they, that company was paid $650,000 to fly those migrants up to uh, oh, Martha's Vineyard. Then there's probably graphs, some kind of crime, oh, yeah. corruption. Well, and, and DeSantis is now being looked at to see if he spent federal funds on it now, which right. would be illegal. Which, again, no one gives a shit in politics if things are illegal, immoral, uh, unethical, which is more frustrating mm-hmm. than anything else. The one thing that I've learned since Trump came, Trump came into uh, uh, power is the fact that there is no criminal uh, 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 repercussions no. for awful behavior. Um it's, go- it's going to happen. I mean, politicians, I guess, were just going on the honor system. Like, they could have been breaking the laws and not been prosecuted, but they just kind of, they didn't. And Trump said, you know what? You can break whatever laws you want, and you're not going to get, no one's going to have the balls to prosecute you if you're right. popular enough. Yeah. So. All right, Brian. What do we have to get ready for? In 18 minutes. Uh, I think we're going to have to get ready for After Dark. After Dark is coming up, my friend. If you are not a Patreon subscriber, we would encourage you to go to ronandbrianpodcast.com. Click in the upper right-hand corner uh, to become a patron. Join at the bronze level, right? Bronze or silver? Bronze. Bronze, which is just $10 a month. You get to join us live at 930 for our saucier stories, uh, the stuff that uh, we don't really feel comfortable talking about on uh, free YouTube. So uh, head on over to the website, join um, join it's us just, at 9.30. It's pennies, it's pennies a day. Sally Struthers would get on TV and cry next to a starving African child for pennies a month. Ron, are you willing to do that? Listen, I'm not. No, but you give up one piece of avocado toast every other week Just and you one. can pay for a month. Listen, if you can afford to send an illegal immigrant from Texas to uh, Martha's Vineyard, then you absolutely can afford to join our Patreon. Without a doubt. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for thank joining you. us this week. Patreon folks, we look forward to seeing you in a little bit. Brian, I am thankful to have you back on the U.S. soil. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we run on out of here? No, not at all. I love every, I love you. I love everybody that's uh, uh, watching right now. Um, it's uh, it's a pleasure to be able to do this show. I wish that I had been able to do this live in London. Unfortunately, you know they they've got uh, uh, cleaner malls, they've got uh, uh, nicer subway systems, but their internet is terrible. It's trash. Um, and it's just you know I understand why people. Uh, uh, move out of uh, 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 England. Uh, All right. You know, they come to America for a better internet. Makes sense. All right, everybody. Love you too, my friend. Love our listeners. Uh, for our Patreon people, like I said, we'll see you in a few minutes. Everybody else, we will catch you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube. Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.